Hi everyone. Mm. Uh, we're back with another uh, not water. Not water <laughs> with Adriana and Connor. Yes. Yeah. So uh, today we're drinking some Tillamardu whiskey yeah. and some Coors um, Bank of Beer. Yeah, not gonna lie, I picked it because of the packaging. <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, it looks very fancy, mm-hmm. and it tastes exactly like a Coors Light. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it too. It's good. All right. Um, so why, why are you drinking right now? Today? Yeah, what, what's going on? What's making you a drink? Um, right now we're in the middle of our year-end audit at the school uh, that I work at, which is probably the most boring sentence I've ever said in my life. Uh, and so, um, yeah, at work today, like, all I did was just, like, verify RW2s and made sure that kids were, like, ready for grad. It was, it was really boring, so boring. <laughs> that's why. Why are you, Connor? Um... My girlfriend's all the way in Japan. Yeah. It's kind of getting lonely. Of course. My friends are back home and I'm out here mm. um, doing work at school, so. You had a good day at work, though. Sounded Oh, man, sounded shredding. Cool. Uh, today at work, I just shredded, like, <laughs> maybe, like, four boxes of, like, documents. Living the dream. Oh, man, I'm living the dream. <laughs> all right, so for our first section, which is our, like, Silly, silly story nonsense. fun nonsense section <laughs> um adrian has some poems <laughs> yeah and i am going to read them out loud yeah all right her first one is a tender love so sweet and innocent if i reveal my fangs will you call me magnificent so does this like mean like you if you're portraying this love mm-hmm. but like and you're like putting on like a mask of who you really are. Mm-hmm. But if you show like your fangs or like your, your flaws, your real, or your real self, yeah. are they still gonna think you're magnificent. magnificent? Yeah, I think so. I think when I wrote that one, I was mm-hmm. thinking about someone in particular. I was like, mm-hmm. I think they have a pretty good opinion of me. But if I show them like the not so, mm-hmm. what people think or whatever, like, are they still gonna think like I'm pretty cool? That's kind of, but magnificent, and I think it rhymed, or I don't really know. It was good. <laughs> Thank I you. I don't just share these with just anyone, so if you're listening, and of course, Connor, like... Of course. Yeah, it's not too <laughs> not too popular for me to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, now the whole world can know. They, they can. Want. They have full opportunity now. Full license, <laughs> full consent. <laughs> All right. All right, this is another poem by Adriana. Clenched fist, I am an angry god. Overlooked, powerless, and odd. What does this mean? <laughs> um, so I really like this poet named um, Stephen Crane, and he wrote like really animalistic poems. He has this one called "The Desert," where he's like eating his own heart. So I kind of like wanted to make something kind of graphic, mm. and yeah. Yeah. And right. I felt overlooked before. Have you ever felt overlooked? Yeah, me felt too. Overlooked a lot. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Number six. Okay. <laughs> okay. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. Let me touch you, let me touch you, let me touch you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's poetry, Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, uh, can't right. actually do it, so I poems about it. Okay. All right. Nice. That was a very interesting poem. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Good. Um, oh, here's a nice one. Okay. My dear Savior, you are kind. My dear Savior, you are always on my mind. That's about Jesus. I like that one. Cool. 
Um, and we'll do one more. Okay. Uh, there is a strength in your steadiness that captivates me, and a gleam in your gaze that fascinates me. And consider our conversations long after they've ended, and always linger in your light like love intended. I am so dazzled by your demeanor and how you revere your redeemer. There is a pace to your passion that echoes mine, and carrying this cross could be crystalline. I admire and adore you, every atom, and favor you far more than I can fathom. I want to write your name in the sky and dance in this desire until I die. Is that about Jesus? No. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, um, it could be. It's a. It could be about anyone. It can be about a guy or Jesus. Yeah. It's very, very good. Thanks. That one, I just had this feeling about this person that I needed to, like, get into words. And mm-hmm. so I, like, literally, Connor was so crazy. I was sitting on my laptop. I had, like, a Google Doc open. And I was praying. I was like, God, like, can you help me write this poem? Like, I um, really mm-hmm. need some help. Like, I know that I've got these words in me. And so I kid you not, like, I took a nap after that. And then I had wow. a dream about the person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I was like, I have it. Like I have the, like the words just like flowed. Wow. That's awesome. It was really cool. It was a cool moment. Yeah. Not that that poem's about anyone in particular. No. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thanks for cool. reading my poems. It's Obviously. So, it's so weird to have them read out loud. I mean, the last one definitely needed to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Honestly, it was good. Thank you. Uh, Connor was showing me um, something really, really cool. Yeah, so I turned 21, as the previous episode uh, <laughs> stated. Um, but, yeah, since I'm 21, my parents, uh, like, actually gave me money to go buy a handgun. I, I've owned two guns previously. I own a Ruger 10 22 and a shotgun, mm. Remington 870. Um, so I was able to buy those because I was 18. In California, you can't buy a handgun until you're 21. Mm. And actually now... Fortunately, you can't buy any gun to your 21. Hmm. Garbage law. I think so, too. Dumb. Uh, but <laughs> uh, since I turned 21, I was able to buy a Glock 17. Um, I held it. Yeah, she held it. <laughs> it it's very, it's a very reliable gun. Um, it looked really cool. I fired it before um, at ranges with my friend's uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm very excited. That's, that's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. What made you choose that particular one? Well, it, Glocks are generally cheaper, mm-hmm. and they're very, very reliable. Nice. They don't break often, and if they do, it's very easy to fix. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. What would you um, say to somebody who's, like, looking to buy a gun, especially in California? In California? Um, there's a couple of things. Uh, don't... I mean, I personally don't like rifles in California anymore, especially, like, AR rifles because you have to get the fin on it what's that uh like it's like this thing where you can't fully like go around the handle anymore like like hold rip it Mm -hmm. so like there's like this little fin on the back of the handle which makes you have to hold it like this interesting see it's harder to like hold um i just don't like the design of it i mean some people actually do like the design and like buy it because of the fin which i find a little strange (laughs) yeah i feel like it takes away from the gun's look Uh uh-huh um, or you could buy an AR without the fin, but you have to have a um, attached magazine, which means you can't take the magazine out, except you have to go through like a bunch of processes. Mm-hmm. I do that because it becomes very second nature yeah. to like press like three buttons and mm-hmm. then take the mm-hmm. the 
magazine or clip out. I forgot what the actual term is. I don't want to get it wrong, but it's okay. okay. Um, yeah, but if you're starting off, uh, either get a handgun or a Ruger 10-22 or a 22 rifle because they're very, a 22 is very easy to shoot. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're a lot of fun, so... Nice. I did want to commend you on using proper gun safety, even though the gun oh, yeah. was unloaded. I noticed your finger never hit the trigger. Oh, yeah, because that's when I clicked it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need demonstrations how to shoot it. Yeah. But that was a demonstration. Oh, my gosh, my uh, roommate got a little excited there. What did he do? That was so weird. I'm probably playing a video game. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, we'll edit that part out for sure. Yeah. It's a sin, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I mean, I have no idea. But, um, so cool. I love guns. I'm glad you love guns, too. It's oh, really man. refreshing to have open conversation about guns. They're very exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I do like going to the range and shooting them. Yeah, we'll have to do that one of these days. Heck yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about our experience on the podcast. There we go. Obviously. <laughs> All right. So excited. So you can look forward to that. All right, so today we are going to be talking about the difference between conservatism and liberalism. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, we might be a little biased. Just a little bit. Just a little, because we are both conservative. But at the same time, we're going to try to be as fair as possible in explaining both ideas. But we're also going to explain why we believe in the conservative side Mm -hmm. and not the liberal side. Yeah, I think that that is such a great thing just to know that it's not just like identity politics exactly it's not just because oh this is how my family votes Mm -hmm. so thus i'm going to vote or it's because i want to be like a conservative versus like wanting to be a liberal um it's not an identity thing it's it's more of a value judgment on certain tenets of belief so i'm excited to talk about it with you connor all right, so I just want to preface this by saying that we are talking about big C conservatism and big L liberalism. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about American conservatism and American liberalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, to preface this, like for those of you who don't know, like big C conservatism means preserving the past mm-hmm. and like the ways that um, a government has been run in the past. Uh, a lot of conservatism has in America has a lot to do with that. Uh-huh. Um, But it has a lot more to add on as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Big L liberalism is like the ideas that have started this country. Like a lot of philosophers like John Locke. Yeah. um, It's more about um, economic freedom, um, personal freedom, like to pursue what you want to do, um, own property. That's big L liberalism. Liberalism Mm -hmm. in the American sense uh, also has different like stipulations along with it as well um for the conservatism in america um they like to like again like it's like big c conservatism like they like to preserve the past yeah um they like to preserve what the founders originally thought they believe the constitution was is not really a living and breathing document it's more of like set in stone and rules Mm -hmm. um so we're trying to conserve those but there are rules that come along with the conservatism if you say your conservatism a conservative um there are rules that come along with it yeah just like you say you're a liberal there are rules that come along with liberal liberal does not even really equate to liberalism maybe socially liberal yeah equates to big L liberalism but not economically anymore yeah so yeah uh any ideas mm-hmm. that's uh the different branches or i guess not branches but the different like the differences between them mm-hmm. i really like that we like 
yeah, qualified what that means because yeah, conservatism is is so much larger than like American conservatism. I remember learning in um, government class, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like a wheel that there's like um, you know there's progressive, mm-hmm. and then on the other side is like reactionary. And then, like, it kind of, like, bends to when you're at the bottom and you're really radical. You're kind of, like, the same, mm-hmm, essentially. Exactly. Like, so, um, yeah, where would you say you fall on the on the spectrum? Would you say you're, like, super far to the right? Or are you more moderate on certain issues? I, I, I think I was super far to the right when I entered college. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say this, but I think college has made me a little bit more, more liberal. More liberal, yeah. But I think it's good to even out some yeah, ideas. Absolutely. Um... Yeah, I think I'm probably, I'm right for sure. Yeah. But I just don't think too far right mm. anymore. I think I've become a little bit more socially liberal, and I still economically liberal. I mean conservative. <laughs> I'm still economically conservative, and yeah. I'll, I'll probably never change on that. Yeah, point. I agree. I'm yeah. yeah super economically conservative. I'm so I would say I've become a lot more gentle. Mm-hmm. since I was 18 years old and so I've mm-hmm. definitely softened up I definitely think I used to think like people who were um liberal were bad people oh yeah same yeah I don't anymore obviously. me either I don't think people who are liberal are bad at all I actually think they're incredibly kind mm-hmm. and really have excellent intentions mm-hmm. but as I've matured I just realized that like the policies are just not sustainable mm-hmm. and they lead to and a lot of times just just cyclical horrible just yeah. like mentality that it really can ruin ruin lives yeah but um not evil i think really good intentions yeah. and ideally like yeah i would love if those policies were mm-hmm. effective <laughs> they're just not we could literally get into my car drive through downtown los angeles yeah and just and just see like how bad the liberal policies have made yeah. like skid row like yeah. it's absolutely horrible mm-hmm. um yeah let's talk about that difference because sure. like um there is definitely the more liberals are more like on the outside more empathetic sure um and conservatives are more harsh and yeah. like get to work mm-hmm. um self-reliance self-reliance more mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's true and uh liberals and conservatism yeah um, but conservatives tend to become off more harsh. But I think if you look at how it's structured, yet yeah, it might come off harsh. But really, we're just trying to get people to work yeah. and be self-reliant, not depend on like other people. Um, I mean, of course, there's people out there that need to be depended upon. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think that I can really only speak for myself when it comes to like being a conservative, but mm-hmm. I definitely do believe in charity. I love yeah, helping absolutely. people. The teachings of Jesus are very clear. Like you are to extend yourself for the growth of another person. You know, we're not called to be materialistic. We're called to give all of our, mm-hmm. give all of ourselves to people just as he gave all of himself to us. And so, yeah. um, I do believe that um, I believe in charity. I believe in helping people, but yeah. I don't think government is an effective it's, way to no. help people. And that's the that's a difference between the liberals and conservatives. Uh, liberals want to help people by raising taxes mm-hmm. on the rich and yeah. giving it to the poor. Yeah. Um, but it's also statistically proven. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look up Louder with Crowder. Um, yeah. I know it's, he's another conservative, but yeah. like he has other resources that point to 
the fact that conservatives tend to be more generous with their money yeah um than liberals do mm-hmm. um like yeah the liberals want i think we're all generous with our money liberals just think it's through taxes that can like help but i conservative says like wait my taxes are going to something specific that i might not agree with because the government decides where that money goes yeah a conservative will give money to a charity where that money like serves the benefit of that person's mm-hmm. wants yeah. and need mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like it's also a lot yeah. more personal it's when more it's personal. through charity. Yeah. Like, I used to sponsor children through Compassion International, and so I had a face to where my charity was going. Mm-hmm. And also, they knew that it was coming from a person, not just, like, a government, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the aid wasn't just, like, from somebody who... I don't know, didn't care about them. They knew that I cared about them, you know? And so when you give through a charity, like, there's that personal, like, human aspect, whereas, like, if you receive a welfare check, you just, oh, that comes from the government. But realistically, that comes from taxpayer dollars. And so, yeah, I think that's the difference between, like, charity. And also, I read a book on, Mm -hmm. like, charity and the importance of it, but there's, like, three little things that I just love to say before we move on. Um, So if somebody were to come in and sleep on that couch right there, that would be breaking and entering. Yes. And if you pulled someone off the street and forced them <laughs> to sleep on that couch right there, that's kidnapping, Connor. Yeah. That's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you walked up to that guy and was like, hey, would you like to sleep on my couch? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I would love to. Thank you. That's charity. Yeah. That is like consensual and great whereas and so instead of sleeping on the couch they like get money the exchange of money and charity is like what i was getting at and so i think it's just um yeah it's better when you aren't forced to do Mm -hmm. something and of course like when you research charities like Mm -hmm. you know like they're effective and what they do and Mm -hmm. they provide i i worked for this chair like i volunteer at this charity you know Mm -hmm. for um it's called children's hunger fund cool um and you just sit there and you package a bunch of food for families and they have it like every week Mm -hmm. that volunteers come and you know that that food is going to a family in need yeah when you give your taxes to the government one they have to pay for the military yeah um they have other like priorities that you don't know what you're they're going to do with your money specifically Mm -hmm. um and of course the welfare state is kind of broken yeah like i again i go to downtown la i know my hometown in sunland like Mm trying to triangulate you know where i live but like there's a lot of homeless people and la is full of welfare programs like it's insane and we keep raising our taxes every year for ineffective programs that just don't get people off the streets in fact there's like more people on the streets streets. so what does it lead to what are the results like the results aren't great and with a charity i know i'm going to be helping someone Mm -hmm. especially someone who wants the help yeah like another thing i i hate to go on like a little tangent here but like some like there's this one program in orange county where they raise taxes and they uh started to put homeless people they offered homeless people to get treatment and housing in like hotel rooms cool it's just a great idea Mm -hmm. like great idea Mm -hmm. they'd stay in the place but none of them would like accept the treatment yeah um so they wouldn't want they don't want help and it sucks that's the reality of a lot of them and um it's 
really, really sad. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like a learned helplessness thing. I think they might have a lot of mental, um, a mental pain knowing mm-hmm. that, no, this is like what I'm destined for. This is all that I'm good for. But yeah. I think that is where like the church, um, and we do step in Connor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know my church. I know Absolutely. how we're on the front lines and, mm-hmm. and, um, helping people and, and genuinely like praying and offering like that hope that God does give and it's relentless and it's not like hidden behind bureaucracy. It's actually like going and living life. Um, with people who um and that's where the heart change comes in where you tell them like no you're worth everything Mm -hmm. you are not meant for this (laughs) you are meant for greater things um and i think you're we're ever going to get that from like here go into this hotel room and like get this like job interview like there's definitely Mm -hmm. that human component that is missing in bureaucracy so i think that's why i would identify more with conservatism than like the liberal poly yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah just a belief in charity versus yeah. Taxes. Speaking of taxes, yeah. um, so I think it's well known that conservatives want lower taxes and liberals yeah. want higher taxes. Mm-hmm. To be a little bit fair, though, like the tax breaks, we definitely do believe in for people that yes. make you know, contributors. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. So there is this measure going around mm-hmm. in Los Angeles County okay. or Los Angeles City. I don't know. It's for LAUSD. Okay. Oh. Uh, Sorry, I'm a teacher. Well, I'm going to be a teacher, so I hear LAUSD, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, I went to LAUSD as an elementary school kid. Um, I got lucky. I went to one of the magnet schools, which meant it got a little bit more funding. It got better teachers, um, higher level of education. So I got lucky, but I've seen my middle school in the area was not good. Um, My high school definitely wasn't good. Mm. Um, So my parents put me in private school, but... Um, LUSD is like one of the worst like run education systems horrible. in America. Horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you could blame it a lot of it on Prop Thirteen, um, which reduced property taxes property and taxes. Um, which cut a lot of funding for schools. But LUSD is also one of the most funded school districts oh, yeah. in you look the at their state. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and teachers are great. I love teachers. And all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> uh, I think some unions do let some teachers that get shouldn't, away with so much. Yeah, get away with a lot and like teachers allow, should be able to be fired. Yeah, allow, <laughs> yeah. As a teacher. yeah, teachers should be able to be fired because some mm. teachers are bad and like the you, worst. Yeah, they're really bad. Mm. Uh, but there's this measure going around and it says we're gonna increase your property tax in LA by sixteen mm. cents per square foot. Which and at first sounds... It first sounds fine. Yeah. 16 cents, that's great. Per square foot. My parents own a, like, 1,200 <laughs> uh, square foot house. Yeah. So if you, like, multiply that, it's yeah. about 200-something dollars. Yeah. Um, not that saying $200 is a lot, but... Well, it's hidden. It's hidden. Yeah. It's very deceptively, like... Yeah. And imagine if you, like, own a bigger property, mm. especially when you bought property when taxes or when property is way cheaper in california yeah and you have a big piece of land that's gonna cost you like a thousands thousands of of dollars every Mm -hmm. year and it's so deceptive and i know since i live in la that that law is gonna pass yeah um because if it sounds good if it sounds good people in la will just say all right only 16 cents all right that's why we can't have plastic bags anymore yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) um and 16 like it, all that money's going to LUSD. It's already one of the worst run school oh, yeah. districts in the country. 
and they're getting more money. Yeah. yeah they have a lot of money. Just they have make... money every single year, more and more. Yeah. It doesn't go to kids. I've observed kids. at Compton Unified. I've mm-hmm. gone into the LA like board meetings. Yeah. And like the board members voted for themselves to get a salary increase. And not spend it on supplies no. for the kids or anything. Teachers pay out of pocket. It's ridiculous. Where does the money go to? It goes to administration. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's such BS, yeah, Connor. It is. And, like, I love how, like, sometimes LUSD will say, we're buying new iPads for, like, <laughs> this really poor school. I'm like, that's great, but a kid doesn't need an iPad no, to learn. not at all. They don't. Mm-mm. I got by just fine with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. They need teachers that are supported by administration and being able to discipline kids i think is the biggest thing like i'm not in favor of corporal punishment for kids no yeah you need to be able to know that you can like discipline a child without fear of losing like Mm -hmm. privileges at your job because you almost can't get fired but like yeah just like as somebody who like works in education like you know wish that i had parents that i could talk to Mm -hmm. that like cared about their child and were on them and like you know, do your work, but it's just this weird cultural thing, but yeah, everything you're saying is right about how LAUSD is just like misproperly managed in terms of yeah. budget and funding. And what needs to happen is conservatives need to come in and change the budget completely. Yeah, they do, and like, yeah. guarantee, like, if I don't care that LAUSD gets a lot of money right yeah. now, because money's being wasted every day in California, mm-hmm. um, but if a conservative came in and didn't increase the taxes, but redistributed the money in the proper places, there like, providing good supplies supplies to children Mm -hmm. or like hiring good teachers and like being able i mean i know this is a union thing but being able to fire bad teachers absolutely like that would solve so many more problems Mm -hmm. than increasing the taxes just to give the administrators another boost in their salary absolutely or like even after school programs for kids it's so sad to see like where kids go after school and just like Mm -hmm. there's just so much that like oh could be done but yeah it's just wasted it's just like it's so disgusting like they literally just fill their paychecks and so and it's gross because like i wouldn't have believed it if unless i was like literally at that board meeting like Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i do like respect cal poly for like they made me do a lot of work but like it was like really educational like i'm like glad that that happened but yeah yeah. all right sorry for going on that tangent (laughs) i kind of got away from our conservative and liberals and talk there we go um one thing i wrote down is that conservatives are pro-life and liberals are pro-choice oh my god i literally wrote that look (laughs) no way yeah well that's that's pretty self-explanatory i'm pro-life because i'm a christian me too um but you know that's just a difference i don't know yeah i think yeah I mean, we talked all about that last time. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, the second one I wrote down is conservatives are pro-Second Amendment. Oh, yeah. Liberals are anti-Second Amendment. Absolutely. Can we read that wonderful Second Amendment? I'm just going to pull it up really quickly on my phone. Um, right here. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Because everyone talks about the Second Amendment. Yeah. But how many of us have, like, read it, you know? Mm. Um, all right, here we go. And it's the Second Amendment. Second Amendment was meant to protect the First Amendment, as I've heard. Ooh, yes, absolutely. Okay, ready? Ready, ready? Yeah. It's very short. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, mm-hmm. the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah. 
shall not be infringed, Connor. Shall not be infringed. And it even says the purpose of it is yeah. to secure all the other ones. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of people will point out, like, well, it's meant for militias. <sighs> There's a comma, though. There's a comma. That it's, it's not. It's the, I think the comma and the phrase, the people. Yeah. Like, I'm the people. It's a new subject predicate. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we have the complete right. And, like, people say, like, oh, that was only meant for muskets and, uh... Oh, so was the free speech only made for, like, a quail or whatever was going around about the internet? Like, um, yeah, because they didn't know about the internet, but, like, the free speech, like, applies to the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, free speech only apply to, like, people talking or does it apply to, like, the internet and (laughs) print and TV? Um, Oh, yeah, but people, like, say, oh, it was from muskets and, and, like, little flintlock pistols mm-hmm. no like literally if you look back in history people owned cannons <laughs> and the government was completely fine <laughs> with the people owning cannons yeah let's see there's a lovely view off of your balcony corner <laughs> imagine if we just shot up <laughs> a cannon can. yeah and it it's used for many purposes the second amendment i believe is used for two things yes personal protection yeah and to protect our rights as people and to well i guess three and to prevent a government from taking us over and like being tyrannical and um, that's a real thing you look around the yeah. world there's the citizens have no arms and they're slaughtered mm-hmm. and that's not and ever it, gonna it, happen it usually like even in nazi germany i believe like they took away they confiscated the they guns. confiscated guns so like people can rebel i mean today like people make the argument and i can see this argument like the government has such high-tech weaponry yeah. And, like, how would we able be able to fight them with such our low-powered guns? Mm-hmm. But I would love to point out the fact that we f- that the U.S. fought a war in Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And they had way less power than us, but we de- they defeated... And I... Well, in Iraq, the U.S. eventually won. And Afghanistan saw it going and Vietnam lost. Yeah. Um, in Vietnam, the U.S. Is, was defeated by guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla warfare is such a real and, thing. And, uh... I'm not trying to declare war on the United States, just to preface that. <laughs> <laughs> but just saying if it happens, like, the U.S. military is a traditional military and is used to conventional fighting, like, yeah. not in the real rules of war. Um, mm-hmm. Guerrilla warfare does not include that, and no. they aren't, the U.S. is not built for that. Mm-hmm. As you can see, like, those wars in Iraq and Afghanistan lasted so long, um, and terrorists would just, like, adapt yeah. Like, they just adapt to the tactics of, yeah. like... Of guerrilla warfare. Yeah, and they just advance and advance and advance. And Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel much better that there's a gun in this house with somebody who knows how to use it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, All right, do you this is any... just for a scenario, like, that I was going to bring up. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Bring but up the scenario good. now. No, I'm, it's chill. But, like, I'm happy that there is a gun present in any house mm-hmm. because the way I see it is... Let's, God forbid, mm-hmm. someone comes in here or yeah. we hear noises and stuff. We're going to call the police, right? Yeah. And we li- you live up here on a hill. Yeah. They're going to take like 15 minutes or maybe like 10 minutes to get up here. And uh, they're, they're going to have a gun. Well, that's a pretty small town. Pretty sm- but, I was yeah, going to say, like, the police are yeah. like, right there. Police actually. are actually like five minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, that's new. It's but, still like, five minutes. Yeah, it's five minutes. And, like, you're going to call a person with a gun. When you could just be that person with a gun. gun. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Of course, people say you're untrained, but, like, that's why you go to the range. Yeah, you'd be trained. You'd be trained. And, like, there are high-pressure situations, but that's why I do think people should get training when they get guns. Absolutely. And, like, 
my friend's uncle's a cop and he's taught me a lot of like good like gun management gun management mm-hmm. and like what to do in like a situation mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so i know how to handle a whole weapon very well good there's this clint eastwood quote that i really love i love clint eastwood mm-hmm. he's like i have a very strict gun control policy if there's a gun around i'm gonna control it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i've heard that quote yeah. i love that quote yeah, so clint much. Eastwood, the man yeah okay so yeah pro right. guns <laughs> so what's your another one um it's just like capitalism and and more socialism I put um less welfare, more welfare, mm-hmm. like kind of the similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, conservatives like believe in competition, competition, capitalism, capitalism. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, liberalism is more. Um, let the government like try to, like solve problems mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. more government control over the business sector. Mm-hmm. Like bailouts. Yeah, and bailouts. Too big to yeah. fail and stuff like that. Um, I think competition is a great thing. It drives prices down and it um, breeds um, creativity just in terms of like how to make more innovation. Um, I don't really see the argument that like a socialist state could breed innovation. I think every time like they admit that no, we would be sacrificing innovation for the sake of like a living wage or like a more yeah. moral society. I think that they take more of the the idea that it's not moral for like a boss to be making like well, let's say the, the guy, the Amazon guy, Jeff Bezos, makes, like, what, billions of dollars every year, whereas, yeah. like, a tech, or not a tech, but, like, an entry level at Amazon might not be making yeah. that much. And so it's, like, the discrepancy that they have a problem with. But what do you think of that? How would you defend that, Connor? Well, I think, one, like, capitalism has been the most, has advanced society the most out of any form of, like, Market yeah, any system, form any of ec- economic system. policy. Yeah, yeah, economic policy. Mm-hmm. Um, in only two hundred years, like America's starting because we were like practically the first capitalist country. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know, but on this scale, absolutely. on this scale, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and we were able to advance society so much in just two hundred years, which society like struggled to advance for thousands of years before this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the competition that definitely created like inventors to, like yeah. create steel yeah like, was it carnegie that created steel yeah and rockefeller, rockefeller with the railroads, was, yeah. yeah um and like just to think of those just to make money i mean i know it's selfish and that's why i could probably never be a business person because <laughs> it's a little selfish it's all about greed and money but yeah. i think uh yeah like their innovation their guilt, their greediness drove people to have better lives. Mm-hmm. Like we have iPhones today for only like maybe like a hundred dollars. Like I'm holding a hundred dollar piece of equipment. Like that's amazing. That is so amazing. That's amazing. Like I can call anyone around the world. Yeah. And like that wasn't possible like two hundred years ago. Yeah. Just the, even in the Bible, like there's this quote in Amos. This is it. Or no, 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 not Amos. Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. It says that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the world like the oceans cover the sea. Wow. And it's just to think, like, how on earth would, like, the gospel be able to reach, like, every single person, but, like, through technology? Like, it's mm-hmm. such a... It's more realistic. We're well, yeah. not realistic, but it's more... Um, more tangible. It's more tangible, like, to think, like, no, that's actually possible. Like, there are helicopters now, you know? There are ways to, like... It's just really interesting to see, like, the way civilization has progressed and... Um, yeah, through capitalism. And just to think, like, my parents, or not my parents, but, like, my grandparents, um, they fled from Colombia mm-hmm. a long time ago. 
Um, I don't know the exact date. <laughs> but they came. Um, well, my grandma was from Gutierrez and my grandpa was from Bogota, I think. I don't know, just cities in Colombia. But they didn't know each other. And they both like came to, um, came to Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have any money between the two of them. But they met. Aww. They got married. Aww. They worked hard. Aww. They, <laughs> they, they, they built a life. They, got, they moved to California. Good for them. Because <laughs> then they uh, made three daughters that eventually you know, met my father, who mm-hmm. also came from like Mexican immigrants. They came legally. They, they waited. Mm-hmm. They, they went, yeah. which is like really cool to think like they came with no money. They came like 20 bucks. And, like, my uncle, Ulysses, he actually made a restaurant in New York that's, like, still really popular. Really? Yeah. He, wow. Um, yeah. And, like, John Lennon used to go to that restaurant a lot, actually. It was, like, oh. like a slight little flex. Before like, he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and John Lennon's also the worst, but like, <laughs> like it's just like a subtle little, slight little flex that like you know that a little Colombian can come and make a restaurant that even John Lennon, like one of the most popular people in the world, mm-hmm. could eat at, and like there's no other like institution of that like could that could be like within generations like completely changed. Yeah, so, yeah. like a couple things. Sure. Two things. Um, one like. Even if you were to go back, like, 60, 70 years, uh-huh. would you rather live then or now? Because technology has advanced, medicine has advanced so much yeah. that we live such healthy lives yeah. and we can live for so long. Back then, you wouldn't have been able to get the same treatment Not at all. as today. Yeah, uh, and capitalism. Rate. Yeah, capitalism has mm-hmm. provided that. They've allowed competition in that market yeah. to advance medicine uh-huh. um, and to give the best treatment possible to people. People's lives keep improving. Yeah. Um, back in like, I don't think you can say thing about like you're living in 1800, right? Uh-huh. Seven years before, it's the same situation as you're living in now. Mm-hmm. Like medicine hasn't really improved that all that much, mm-hmm. and like, but it's really capitalism that drove that competition. Yeah. Uh, second, I want to acknowledge monopolies. Okay. Um, I do think they're a problem yeah. in some cases. Um, I think Teddy Roosevelt was one of the greatest presidents that has ever lived. Cool. Um, he's just a <laughs> rough rider guy. Yeah. You know? Just <laughs> he was a man. tough guy. He was a man. <laughs> um, but I believe under his presidency, he built the antitrust yeah, People. the square deal. Yeah, something like yeah, the square yeah. deal, something like that. and it was able to break up monopolies. Uh-huh. Um, and that's good. Um, and people will try to bring up modern day versions of monopolies. And I think monopolies do need to be break broken up, but I don't think a monopoly becomes a problem, personally, until they start jacking up prices. Yeah. And giving you lower quality stuff, and nobody can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. People will bring up modern day. Monopolies like Amazon, sure. Disney. Disney's for sure a monopoly. Disney's a monopoly, Disney and it, honestly, it probably needs to be broken up because they do charge very high prices for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and buying up all these movie studios. Yeah, I just want to watch an R-rated Deadpool movie. Yeah, I, I don't want to watch a PG-13 one. Yeah, I know it's they're buying a lot of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but Amazon is a good example. Yeah. Um, they are a company that has exploded over the past like five years. Yeah. Um, they own online like there's no other online service that will get you the quality service for delivery like that mm-hmm. um and i have to say i kind of like it <laughs> like it's made quality of life so much better 
prices are so low on Amazon and it's yeah. so easy. It just comes to your house in like a day or two. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. It's an amazing service. I think it will become a problem one day when there's no competition against them. Yeah, and they drive up prices. And they drive up prices. But the thing is, once they drive up prices and a new competitor comes in... It's the beauty of capitalism. It's the beauty of capitalism. Some new competitor comes in and say, hey, we're going to lower prices. We might lose some money for a couple of years, but... It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it because we know that we're going to be a good competitor to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a beauty of Of course, it can get out of hand. You wait too long to compete with Amazon, and mm-hmm. it can become a monopoly like Disney has. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney is definitely needs to be broken up. Yeah. You know, Star Wars, Marvel. Yeah. Everything. I read that they like have like seventy percent, or no, not seventy, thirty percent of mm-hmm. all the movie distributors, mm-hmm. which is huge. Like they own Fox, mm-hmm. they own Star Wars, or more specifically Lucasfilm, and. Yeah. I think that the Star Wars movies have, like, lowered in quality. Honestly? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> That's and, another debate for yeah, the time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That'll be more of the fun one. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I love what they're doing with Marvel. Keep Kevin Feige in charge. Everything's perfect yeah. with him. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. But, yeah, competition. Competition's great. Nice. That's a good one to end it on. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about more. Um, larger military, smaller military. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote that one, too. Yeah, that's about it. Conservatives believe in a larger, mm-hmm. more funded military. Mm-hmm. Liberals probably want to believe in less funded, um, smaller military. But, like, not to say, I'm not trying to, I don't know, liberals. I personally do think, like, there's some wasteful spending in the military that could be cut. Sure. Um, but I also acknowledge that the need for um, peace through strength mm-hmm. and more money going to technology and, like, defending ourselves. Mm, It's been a while since we've had, like, a really big competitor militarily. You know, like, the Russians were, like, a really big, like... Yeah. Adversary for, like, in in terms of military. Like, we needed to beat them. um, But, like, after the Cold War, um, it was during the 90s, and, like, people... Americans felt invincible. Mm -hmm. Um... They were the only power that was in control of yeah. the whole world. Yeah. Um, nobody would dare challenge them. And, yeah. of course, that vision was shattered on 9-11. Yeah. And, like, we can be attacked. Like, it broke this, like, perfect image that we had of America. Like, we're the best. We're number one. Um, of course, we are still number one, obviously. Absolutely. No terrorists can get us down. Absolutely um, not. They, ooh, George W. Bush, I know you and I have a little bit different opinions on yeah. that. But he has this, like, beautiful... When he addressed the nation after 9-11... Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It I agree. says, their acts shattered steel, but they cannot shatter the steel of American oh. resolve. That's pretty oh, I good. I goosebumps. I love there's, W. There's another time where he was... I think it was, like, a couple days after 9-11 happened. He was in New York at, the, at Ground Zero. Uh-huh. And he stood up and he's like... Uh, some guy in the audience, he had a megaphone, uh, George W. Bush had a megaphone, uh-huh. and, like, some guy in the audience said, like, I can't hear you, and he's like, well, I heard you, America can hear you, and we'll all be sure that the people that did this will hear us, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that was pretty good. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, that wasn't yeah. his exact words, yeah. but... we'll try to edit that in. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was so really good. Good, I'm a, I'm a, I love George W. Bush. But, um, okay, that's really about it. Smaller military, bigger military. Yeah, and um, I think it can be said, as my final thoughts on this subject, I know this has gone on a while, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, 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 no. Don't say sorry. Okay, um, my final thing on this subject would be that liberals tend to be more empathetic mm-hmm. and conservatives tend to be more structured. Sure. Um, I think 
not to say that you can't be both. Um, I think it's definitely not true on conservative side. Like, a lot of conservatives are empathetic and give to charity, but, like, um, a conservative approach takes more of a structured and organized approach to politics. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you can even look at socialism. Yeah. Uh, against fascism, even. Um, if you look at fascism, it's very, very organized. Yeah. I'm not to say it's good. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It's really bad. But the extreme right, it gets more and more organized. Yeah. And the extreme left, it gets more and more empathetic until it gets really organized in the government, and then they start killing people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Take everything. Yeah. But yeah, that's. That's it. That's the it. The tenets of that's liberalism tenets and of conservatism. Yeah. Okay, so now on to our uh, religious segment. Yeah. Um, so we have some stories mm-hmm. today from the Bible. Yeah. Um, we chose our favorite weirdest story. <laughs> yeah, weird Bible story. Weird Bible story. One of like, what are like some of the weirdest one? I mean, I would choose Song of Solomon, <laughs> but I think that's just I a love beautiful love poem. Yeah, since there's nothing weird about that. There's nothing weird about that one. <laughs> it's magnificent. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Uh yeah. Okay, so today um, <laughs> I'm excited to hear yours, but mine's um pretty um. It's nothing like yours, Connor. <laughs> it's just different thematically. But to set this up, like, this is in the Book of Kings, specifically First Kings 19. Um, but basically, there's this prophet. His name is Elijah. And um, he's going up against um, King Ahab. And so King Ahab worships um, the gods of Baal. And yeah. gods of Baal, are, they're not real. They can't do anything. Um, they're not God. Yeah. And then, of course, Elijah comes in the name of the Lord and, you know, the real one, the God of Israel. And mm-hmm. so um, Elijah is um, kind of described by Ahab as like like a troubler, like just like a rebel. And so they were basically like, okay, Elijah, your God versus my God mm-hmm. up on the mountain, Mount Carmel specifically. And so, um, yeah, they basically had to... Um, altars set up. The first altar was um, for the gods of Baal to come up and rain fire, and then of mm-hmm. course, a, like another altar for um, Yahweh, the mm-hmm. name of the Lord, <laughs> to yeah. come down and rain fire. Mm-hmm. And so, um, basically, God uses this story to show us that He um, is so very faithful, mm-hmm. and he, he is the only God. And from a human perspective, like, it was not looking good for Elijah. Like uh, people did not worship Yahweh in this mm-hmm. in this time. They worshiped the gods of Baal, and so they were. Um, the reason why they were so arrogant is because they were um, very familiar with like building these altars and, of course, like sparking fires and stuff. Mm-hmm. But basically, like um, Elijah did everything possible to prove that it was Yahweh, mm-hmm. and so basically. Um, God did come down as a consuming fire mm-hmm. and really lit up the altar. And then Elijah was just kind of like, yeah, that's my God. Like, that's awesome. And then nothing happened at the other altar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they were nowhere to be seen. And so Elijah did some trash talking. <laughs> it's like so weird. But it's great because when you, like, actually look into, like, the Hebrew, like, the way it was written, mm-hmm. like, Elijah's kind of using, like... 
bad language a little bit. Like, he's just like, oh, where's your God? Is he taking a nap? Is he in the restroom? What's he doing in there? Is he taking a... And he uses that. That's like the actual Hebrew. Oh my like, God. Yeah, that's more along the lines of oh what of what the Hebrew's like. And so, yeah, I think that's so fun and hilarious. And just like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, where's your God? Is he like, he's busy, he's occupied. I think that's how the, the Bible translates it. But if you actually dig into like the Hebrew, it's more along the lines of like, is he defecating or whatever? But it was just kind of funny um, to know that like, yeah, God was glorified in that trash talk. So that's my, that's my funny Bible story. All right. I'm ready for you. I like the trash talk. Uh, mine's a little different. Yeah. Um, just a little different. No, it's a lot different. Um, (laughs) So in Genesis 38, um, there's a story about two brothers. Yeah. Of course, there's two. It's a brother and brother. Um, Not two brothers, sorry. There's just a story about brothers. Yeah. And um, one's named Judah and one is named Onan. Now, Judah had a wife. uh, And... He wasn't. He had a son with his wife. Yeah. And his name was Ur. But Ur was a wicked person, and okay. the Lord struck him down. All right. Um, so here, let me read this verse 8. Then Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother in law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this is already weird because God's telling him, Onan, to have. Intercourse. Intercourse or sex or whatever uh, (laughs) with his brother's wife and to have a child. Um, So that's weird number one. (laughs) It gets a little stranger. Um, So in verse 9 it says, But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste the semen on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and he put him to death also. Dang. So, this has always been one of those stories where I'm like, wow, this is absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, God put someone to death because he didn't, didn't fulfill inside. his... Pro- yeah, he didn't come inside. <laughs> um, of course, he wasn't fulfilling God's promise, like, what God wanted. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a weird sex story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess, like, the moral of that is just, like, honor God and what he's uh, telling you to yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so hilarious. Yeah. There's honestly so many more. We could talk, like, forever about, like, the silly things in the Bible. It's just, yeah. just like, the top two off of our head. But yeah. hope you enjoyed it. Hope you yeah, hope you <laughs> enjoyed that. All right. We're going to go shotgun a beer? Uh, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Bye, friends. Bye.